listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Great to be here and great to be here in a season where God is saying, hey, get ready. Get ready. I had the privilege with Pastors Craig and Nadia to be on the property and walk around. And uh, I've done that many times in many places. And I just had a sense where God is saying, this is bigger than anybody's thought about. So you know that God's got a bigger future for you than you've ever considered. Because that's what the Bible says. It's exceedingly. It's abundantly. Father, we just thank you today as we are here to worship. It's actually far bigger than worship. It's about allowing you to work in and through us and to bring us to a place where we fully discover that we have been bought with a price and that you see the wonder of what's in front when often we get trapped in what has been. And I just pray as we come just to your word that every one of us again in the auditorium or online will just hear the sound of the Holy Spirit touching our hearts. Pray for those we're standing next to in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Give someone a hug or a high five on the way down. Thank you, team. Nigel's going to stay with me. Yeah, I can take it off now. I wanted to keep it on to hide the double chin, but uh, an expansion season. I was thinking about that. In a moment, I want to show a video about what God is beginning to do through the collective commitment of reaching a community that has need. And if you're fairly new to life, you may not yet be aware that uh, this church for almost 30 years has always been expanding. And sometimes you would look at what God's doing in Life Melbourne and you'd say, well, why do we continue to take steps that seem crazy? I, th I think it's quite explanatory in this one because we're going to get a home. But I want to suggest that it's bigger than a home. So why would we expand? Why would we live a life of expansion? Why would we not stand still and just enjoy no pressure? I think the second thing we would say, well, we need a home, or maybe we could say this, well, it's because that's what God wants. But did you realise that God always wants something bigger for us and something beyond what we've ever seen before or been a part of. And I can't get this phrase out of my spirit because I believe it's for all of us in the life family that we come to an understanding. The reason is because foundations create futures. So when you build a new foundation, you go, man, that's a whole lot of work. But if you've been in the, the building industry, you know that the foundations are the most costly. You, you know they're the hardest and they give the least reward, it seems, unless you understand foundations. Because foundations create a future for somebody that's gonna be an occupier. And they're gonna go, wow, this is amazing. This is phenomenal. And I believe that we're in a season where we've got the smile of God on us, not because we're special, but God has looked for 30 years and He's been saying, I'm looking for people that are ready for me to unlock so much more. Did you know that God wants to unlock more in your life than you could ever think about it? And one of the statements that came to me in New Zealand was this, as we went through our building journey is God said very clearly to me, you realise, Paul, don't you, that completed obedience releases accelerated expansion. 
All right, I want you to think about that. You are not called to do what the person next to you is called, but you are called by God to be obedient to Him. And when God finds obedience, He can accelerate the expansion that we're looking for. It's like any parent. I wanna give you more and more. I wanna entrust more to you. And yet I want to see that you can be obedient with what you have now. Because otherwise more is gonna destroy you. And the church, unfortunately, has been riddled with smallness because we've been unable or unable to take a step of obedience when God says, take the step. And we've seen a foundation and we just said the foundation's too hard. But God says, no, 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 completed obedience. I really believe God is looking, and I'm speaking from our church across the Tasman, together. God's been watching us. God's been watching this too, these two. God's been watching you. God's looking and He's like He did with Abraham. He's testing to see if we're ready for another level of expansion, both collectively in our own personal lives, in our married lives, in our family lives, in our, again, church life. And I don't know about you, but I, I realise everything we do. You know, we have people leave our church sometimes. They say, oh, you just kind of like, you're always trying to move things forward and you're always wanting to do more in reaching people. And I want more for me. And I go, well, this is not a church that's just for you. A couple of weeks ago, I was with one of my boys. We're trying to get a, a car and we were looking and looking at a few cars and we drove past one car yard. And I just drove into this car yard just randomly. And there's a guy standing there and he's in an empty car park in front of the building and it's filled with cars but that's for visitors and he's standing there. Guy I discovered after conversations, he came from China, been in New Zealand for a while and we drove in and just me being me, I jumped out and I said, oh, you've been waiting for us. And he looked and said, yes, as a good salesman, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> anyway, we started talking about a car and he said, do you like to go for a test drive? I said, yeah, I think my son would love to go for a test drive. Anyway, I'm having them on. I'm saying, so is this the best deal we can get in town? Because, you know, you're, you're, you're Asian. Yeah, well, I'm Chinese. Yeah, yeah, so you know how to drive a deal. I'm Dutch. <laughs> and we had all this fun with the guy and I had him laughing and all kinds of things. And you know what he said to me as we pulled back in? He said, you guys are amazing. I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, this is so much fun. I, I want you to get this car. Then he said to me, what do you do for a job? I said, I have salesmen on. I come into car lots, people that are waiting for me and I have them on the whole time. He said, no, what do you do? I said, well, hey, we're a part of reaching the community and we run a church and oh, what's the church? So I told him and this is what he said to me. Would my wife and kids be able to come with me? We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. This is not about a building. It is about a building, but it's not about a building. It's about us. Come on. Realising that God says, hey, it's a time of accelerated expansion because there's a willingness to be obedient. And never forget that foundations create futures. We're going to go to this video because here at Life Melbourne, now in life Adelaide and in life Auckland,
soon to be in Life Tauranga in New Zealand. It's kind of like, it's a time of accelerated expansion. Why do we expand? Because there's a whole lot of people. Just saying, is there room for me? Is there an answer for me? Is there somebody that'll make me feel good? You know that salesman, we ended up buying that car, but we just so screwed him down that he came back and he says, I talk, just talked to the boss and he says, he said, because I like you. He says, I'm going without my commission because the boss said I can make it on another car where I make more money where there's not Dutch blood in the equation. <laughs> I said to him, we don't want to rip you off your commission. We're going to pay the commission. But I, it was just a little moment. Somebody that felt somebody cared enough to include them have some fun with them, believe in them. Come on, we can turn the world. Let's go to the video and enjoy this for a moment. When I think community, I think a responsibility to help those in need. We are God's hands and feet. We're serving to do a good in the community. If he's going to love someone, he's going to use you. If he's going to feed someone, he's going to use you. It's about saying, well, this is the part I can play. And if I do that to the best of my ability, then I'm actually making a difference. Well, my job here is to provide opportunities that I wish that I had. And for me, that's doing my part. We can bring a big change if we do our little bit. <laughs> My name is Nick Edwards, and I sit on the exec team focusing on our community. Part of bringing help into your life is also about shaping what hope for a future can look like. And they go hand in hand. If someone is hungry, there's no point talking to them about a future until you fill their belly. That's the reality, because they're not going to hear anything you say. But if you just fill their belly, well, what are you giving them in terms of potentially setting them up for the future that can come? And our responsibility is to actually stop, to listen, hear what God is prompting, hear what God is leading us and say, okay, how can I use the gifts and talents that I've got to step into the need that I can see in the community that I'm part of? God got me up early one morning and I was pacing the hallway in my house, just praying for our community. And you know, God just, he, he just, he just landed in my heart and just says, um, I want you to go to the Auckland City Council building and um, I want you to ask for a commercial kitchen and a hall for free. I says, oh man, no way, no way, um, no way I'm going to do that. But that morning, I, I actually found myself on the doorstep of uh, the council building. And um, I was in front of the receptionist asking, who do I see to, um, to hire a hall? Um, she says, oh, what do you want the hall for? And I says, oh, for soup kitchen. And she says, oh, they're ready to see you. And I thought, who are they? You know, and she says, just go through those doors. I, I walked into a boardroom and they says, so, um, Tell us why you're here. 
and I just shot from the hip, man. I just say, hey, look, uh, gave them the whole spiel about it. It just seemed really awkward, but I was telling them how it was. And um, I could see some of them tearing up. And the lady says, can you just stop? She says, we've actually been waiting for you. And I says, well, what are you talking about? And they says, you know, um, we want to offer you a hall and a, a commercial kitchen. God had gone before me and set it all up. Just before we opened, our kitchen was robbed and somebody took all our food. He really stretched my faith to think, man, there was a queue of people out there. I think I only had enough food for 100 people, but I counted it over 200 people in, in the queue. Just, just thinking about it, that um, man, God turned up. He turned up because, you know, when you're out of bullets, all you got to do is rely on God. And he fed all those people, and we had leftovers. Um, God is faithful, way. Eh? When he gets you to do something, and he says, I'm with you. Um, I just need somebody to act upon what I tell them to do. And um, it's just a real joy. And it brings joy to my heart to see what God can do if you're obedient. When I think about all of this, you know, we started with a couple of hundred meals that Ned was doing to now doing 1,300 meals a week. I know Ned never would have expected to have seven locations across Auckland, another one in Melbourne, doing what he just believed he heard God ask him to do. Shifting out of, I guess, our food world, <laughs> food insecurity, and moving to a little bit more of a longer term perspective, we've got these amazing homes in and around Auckland uh, that help in the space of disability services. Uh, residential care homes that provide 24-7 care for intellectually disabled adults. Life Homes is five homes. We're currently getting another house built for us in Walkworth, which is really exciting. And we are hoping to expand into Whangarei very soon. So I think residential care homes are seen as institutional. Um, we are the opposite end of that. I think we offer something that is special. We offer family, we offer parents a chance for their children to go flatting, to experience life, to, um, to live as adults whilst being supported. With Tess, yeah, she was born with special needs and she was also born with telepes, which is club feet. She's got great personality and she's fought all her challenges. And she's 39 years old and nobody thought she'd live as 39 years old. With Life Homes, they take care of Tess in every aspect of her life. It's a real home. You know, as, as Tess will say now, oh, when she's here, oh, I'll go home now, Mum, you know, because it is a real home. And she's still growing, she's still learning. Even at 39, she's still managing to learn things. I mean, you need places like Life Home, you know. I couldn't imagine with Tess living here now, that would be hard on us because we're too old. And, you know, there's one day we're not going to be here. So you've got to be in another home so that you've always got a home. So when I think about Life Homes, I think it's the perfect 
example of the help and hope, the longer term investment in what we do with people. A few years back, an opportunity came our way to become involved and own uh, quality education services. It is employment-based training. So you've lost your job, you're someone who uh, has been out of employment for a long time and you're wanting to get back in. And along comes QES and our coaches walk alongside you over a period of time to not just help teach you some basic skills, get you some basic qualifications, but say, hey, we could help find you employment as well. Education can crack down all elements of poverty, but our people are so affected by poverty that they can't actually think about education. So a lot of our people come in with like no confidence, lack of identity. So when they come here, it's safe. And when they leave, they know who they are. They've got a CV that they can put to the world, which is a huge achievement for them. A lot of young people don't know that there are our courses that they could attend if school's not for them. But our job is to take them around, find out what they're interested in, um, what their goals and aspirations are, and then hopefully open doors for them and provide the opportunity for them. We also have uh, another contract, PFW, which is Preparation for Work, so helping adults get into the employment and off the beneficiary system. I've been out of work for four years, determined to get myself out of there. So they sent me to QES just to get a little bit more experience. I was one of the employment coaches. I had the opportunity to pick up Wayne and meet him on his first day. Knowing a little bit about his background, it wasn't easy for him, you know, and just like, can you show me how fire, fire, can you show me how to turn the computer on? You don't come in here with a label. Uh, you are somebody's child and your life matters. I'm now able to fully support my family and I'm a proud, proud dad of seven and a proud family man. You know, you, you can do it. If I can do it, you can. After we decided that we were going to focus on social services and education, the immediate need and the longer term for people, it was simply about saying, okay, well, what could it look like? What would another education institution look like? And we went on this journey and we came across this organization called Skills Update Limited. And they'd been around for close to 30 years. We started uh, a skill update in uh, Takanini and we had two humble classrooms teaching welding and warehousing. But in the course of last 30 years, we have trained and put into employment some 47,000 people. Many times I'm crossing a road, a bus stops and driver jumps down and shakes my hand and thank, thank me for the opportunity provided. You know that if they were not with the skills update, they would be in jails. We had been in negotiations with other educational organizations, but uh, we talked to uh, Life Church. We found that they are interested in affecting change in individual and society. Therefore, we thought, well, the legacy will not be lost if we hand the business over to Life Church. Not only did it help us to expand um, our reach and our impact, but it expanded our footprint. 
We've got a campus in Christchurch, we've got a campus in Tauranga, we've got three campuses here in Auckland, all of which fall within a close proximity to where we do other community initiatives. It's such an amazing um, step for us in community to where we want to be and where we're going into the future. I love that we have a focus for community that says to you, where are you at today? How can we help? Do you need a meal? How's your Christmas looking? Are you in debt? Or for an external organisation to say, I've got a need, who can I turn to? And Life Community is there. 1,300 meals a week going out through our community kitchens. Hundreds of people coming and being impacted through what we do. Well, what if it was 5,000 meals a week? What if it was 10,000 meals a week? Imagine the impact that that could then have. Each one of us play our part. As each one of us understand and capture a revelation that you can bring help and hope. As each one of us capture a revelation that we are part of a community. That God's given us a responsibility and is encouraging us every single day to love thy neighbour. What could it look like in your community? What part could you play? Could it be the gifts? Could it be the talents? Could it be the skills? Could it be the finances that God has entrusted to you? Could that unlock something for somebody else? What has God given you to bring to your community? How will you impact it? What role will you play? Is it bringing your skills? Is it volunteering your time? Is it bringing your finances? Because every single one of those are so valuable in order to meet the need. Service to community is very important. You don't have to be qualified to help people. God just put it on my heart and I'm being obedient. And there has never been one single day where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Giving starts um, everywhere. You can do it in so many different ways. Each of us have a part to play in building the community for all of us to love our neighbours as ourselves. I'm using my lived experience and my life story to help somebody else. You've got to allow for this fire and this passion to serve community to really grow. The need is great. It's huge. But together, we can bring help and hope. Come on, let's thank God for that, hey? Feel moved? On top of that, you think Christmas box, 35,000 boxes this year. And you see what God is beginning to set it up. And I want to encourage you today that God is always able to do more through us than we can see ourselves. I want to go to, just for a couple of minutes, not long this morning, the next 10 minutes, but John chapter 2, and I don't know if you have a Bible, we'll have it on the screen, but it's the story that many of us have heard. In fact, it was the first miracle Jesus ever did where He was at a wedding. And John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, the third day, there was a, On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Also, Jesus and the disciples were invited, attending the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. I began to read that just a couple of weeks ago and I thought, we're in a world that doesn't have the real wine. Yeah. Jesus talks about new wine and here 
in the story. In fact, it's an amazing thing. John chapter one, you read about Jesus being in the beginning. Nothing was created outside of who He is. He was deity. He was all-powerful. He was able to create anything. He was the God that could do it and had done it all. And then you come to chapter two and you see Jesus in His humanity and He's at a feast. He's at a wedding time together. He goes from creator to party goer. Because those weddings in those days, even in the best Italian wedding, nothing like the weddings in those days. They didn't go for a day. They went for sometimes a week. And when you begin to understand it, there was wine, there was laughter, there was a sense of joy, there was a sense of bigness. And yet this large wedding ran out of wine. As I said, I think we're in a world that's lost the ability to experience true happiness. To live with a hope that's not conditional just on the season they find themselves in. And so in that place, Jesus' mother comes and says to Jesus, hey, Jesus, they have no wine. How many know that's a loaded statement? When somebody comes to you, particularly your mum and saying, come on, man. This time to do something. You know what Jesus says to her, verse four? Woman, what does your concern, he's ticked. What does your concern have to do with me? Don't put your problems on me. And then he says these words, you've got to get this. My hour has not yet come. You know, in expansion, it's easy to go, oh, we're just not in the season. Whenever God's about to do something, He's looking for obedience. He's looking for foundation creators. And it's like, well, I don't know that I can do that. And it's like, it's not my hour. And I was reading this and something jumped in my spirit. It has not yet come. Did you realise that Jesus needed His natural mum to challenge Him? I have never seen that before. It's like, man, this is time. We got people waiting in their car park for us to come. We got people saying, is there hope for my life? Come on, son, it's time. And I prophetically believe. And what that means, if you're online prophetically and you're not in church normally, it means I believe God is saying, come on, life melbs, it's time. It's time for us to begin to step in and see something change. There are thousands, if not millions of people here in Melbourne going, you know what? I've run out of wine. I'm in this place where I'm looking and waiting for an answer. I wanna give you three words very quickly. This is gonna be the shortest message I've ever preached. The first is water pots. You see, you can't produce wine unless there's water pots. We just acquired this educational facility and that's part of the vision here in Melbourne as well. We're gonna have social services and education. Cost us nearly $8 million just to buy that one business. But they have 1,500 students currently finding a way back into employment. Five campuses, 100 staff. It's like God saying, you've got to realise this is not just about gathering together on Sunday. You are creating a foundation for a future. And I want to stir you up today because I'm passionate about it. You see in verse 6, now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews. In other words, the pots were there for something else. And each of them came, contained 20 to 30 gallons apiece. 
So you got six big pots, approximately, they could hold a hundred litres each. They were there for something else, but God still needed water pots. Julie, who was on the screen, who runs our special needs homes. In fact, there's another one. We're about to start our seventh one. So the building purposely too. She has a dream to get acreage outside of major cities where there's a lot of disability and people in need because of course, as parents get older, they don't know what to do and we wanna have a home for them. And she said, if we could get acreage, can you imagine what we could do with five homes scattered around a property? We could have animals, we could grow um, veggies, we could have a community and we could do things where people that have been disregarded because they don't have what anyone else has, the church steps up and say, we've got you, not just in your now, but for your future and to turn things around. What would it take? We'd need to buy some land. That's why I'm saying even everything that's happening here, is not really about the building, it's about what it will create as a foundation for a future that is tomorrow. Foundations create futures. If Pastor Craig and Nadia did not leave New Zealand, even though at the start it's like, this is the biggest challenge we've ever had and we've got two kids, how many know, Easy would have not been born an Australian. That's their third son was not born, but he was, what I'm saying is if they did not say yes, we wouldn't be here today. See, there are water pots that are ready, but what do the water pots need? They need water. <laughs> All of us undersell what we could do with our lives. Because we go, we ain't got the wine. We can't do this. We couldn't do what we did in New Zealand. But I discovered God doesn't need you to bring the wine. He just needs you to bring the water. You bring what you see as insignificant. You bring what you see as other people would disregard. You know, I love his mum in verse five. He says to the servants when Jesus says, no, it's not my time. It's not time for a miracle. What does he say to the, what does she say to the servants? Hey, whatever he says, do it. Look at me. I'm not here to preach a message. Online, look at me for a moment. When you learn to be obedient, with what He asks you to do. You are unlocking for the generations in front of you what will never ever happen just because you lived within your own capacity. And most Christians never get there because they look at what they don't have rather than see what God wants to do even with water. So Jesus said to them, fill the water pops with water and what happens? They filled them up to the brim. We don't wanna be a part of a church that just gets by, we're gonna go, if God's on it, we're going all the way. When pastors Craig and Nadia talk to me about the building and it's like, well, is it in your heart? Is God giving you the amen? I felt a peace about it, it's like we're all in to the brim. Not just, just well, that's, that's enough. No, to the brim, you say, why? Because that's the wonder of what God can do. You'll see Him take the way that you respond to the level that you respond. And the power of that. What could Melbourne look like if we all played our part? Anybody? Anybody? You say, yeah, but I'm just online and I'm kind of there arm's length. Yeah, but we can all bring water. We can all bring it and let's fill it up and see what could take place. 600 litres of water 
was prepared. They filled them up. And I do believe that that is what God is saying to us. You know, you go through the Old Testament, 2 Kings 4. There was a woman that had her husband die, had two boys. Remember the story? And she had a debt. It's like, goes to the man of God, what do I do? And what did he say? Get vessels. Same thing, get vessels. Yeah, but I've only got a little bit of oil. That's all I've got. He says, take the oil and pour it out. Pour it out because if you... The more vessels you action, the more the result will be. Don't allow the enemy to buy into saying, well, I don't have enough. No, you just keep doing it out. And by the way, the oil stopped when the vessels were full. When they stopped, it stopped. But because they filled every vessel they could find, they lived on the rest. There was a miracle that went generational. There is a need for water pots. I'm telling you, life has got a lot of water pots. We've got a lot of water pots. Come on, somebody get excited. I know, I know you're sort of COVID sensitive in Australia, but it's kind of like you still can smile even behind the mask. I can tell prophetically. Are you hearing me? So we need water pots. We need water. And what happens? We get the wine. So they filled them to the brim. And then verse eight, Jesus says to them, draw out some now, take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast has tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, the servants knew where it had come from. He said to them, every man at the beginning, verse 10, sets out the good wine in the wedding. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior wine. You've got to realise this is days on, days on, wine every day. It's like they're drunk. They are absolutely drunk. So you just put the crap wine at the end. Are you allowed to say that in Melbourne? I don't know. It's like... But you've kept the good wine until now. Oh. We're in a world that doesn't even know about the good wine. I had a gang leader come up to me three or four weeks ago in church, covered with tax. He's been in prison for I don't know how many years because he took somebody else's life. Began to watch on TV, Life TV. And he discovered over a number of months that there was something that he could not turn off. Gave his life to Christ. The first thing he wanted to do to get out of prison, once he got out of prison, was to come and meet me. He met me and he says, I'm gonna turn my life around with God's power. Never tasted the wine that the church has. Sometimes, oh man, you're gonna get me worked up. Sometimes we sit here for our little church service and oh, it's too hard to get to church because it's cold or, you know, this is happening. And God says, you got people around you that are waiting in their car park. Would somebody come? Would somebody reveal? Would somebody cause me to believe that I could find food for Member Valley and I could find a pathway to stand up to value and build for my family and my generations? Come on, Nigel and the team, come and help me. See, there are three things. There's a need of water pots. I'm telling you, life has got more vision than you could imagine. There's far more than six water pots. But it needs water. It needs water. And when we bring the water, this is what's going to happen. God will turn it into wine. Psalm 34 verse 6. I want you to see this on the screen. The poor man cried out, let me take a bit of license. Those that have not received the wonder of what we carry. Come on, Nigel. The poor man cried out. Hear it. And the Lord heard him 
And he saved him out of his troubles. And the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. This is what got me, verse eight. Oh, taste and see. I think we're too big on words. People need to taste. And they need to discover what they see in someone else couldn't reach them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Expansion is all about a trust equation. If we're obedient, then God will expand. Fear the Lord, every one of you saints. In other words, remember God's big enough to do this through you. You can live the rest of your life with empty water pots or you can fill them up and see them turn to wine. There is no want, by the way, to those that fear Him. Fear is not like I'm cowering. It's like becoming obedient to the call of God. The young lions will lack and suffer hunger, but those that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. I want to encourage you. There's a God that's for you, not against you. Maybe you're online today, you're here in the service. The greatest miracle that can happen in a service like this is where we discover that God is actually our champion. The giants fall when we sing and declare that He is all able. Just stay with me for a moment because I I have a sense today as I sense every time we come around God's Word that God is wanting to unlock hearts. I said in our church the last couple of weeks in the Old Testament, God would come to humanity through words. So He would speak through the prophet and we would hear the Word of God. Maybe we're at church, we're online, we're here in a service and we're, we're hearing something come. And it's like, wow. So God cares that much about the broken and the lonely? Yeah, He does. He said, you are the salt and the light. If you don't live that out, you just come to church, but you never become that. Then our world will become unseasoned. Live in darkness and stop reacting to all that's happening that is darkness. It's because the light's not shining the way it should be. But the Word of God came to humanity through the prophet. As you go into the New Testament, Jesus comes to earth and God walks with people. He walks with people and people get up and they go, oh, Jesus is here. He's gonna be with me today. He's gonna teach me today. And then Jesus said at the time here on earth, when it came to the end, hey guys, the best day's coming. You're not just gonna get my Word come to you through a prophet. You're not just gonna feel my presence when you come to church. Maybe you've got no relationship with God. You've got religion, but you've got no relationship. But you, 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 you feel God's presence today, even through the screen. You can feel God's presence. But Jesus said, that's not what it's all about. The day's coming when the Holy Spirit will live in you. You'll be a carrier. You don't just feel Him when someone else is worshipping. You know that God is your champion. You know that God is now working from within you out when you've been in the gang your whole life and you've done some despicable things and you begin to shine because you realise, I got God. I got God. I got challenges, but you're my champion. 
Because I'm not just walking with you when you're in church. I'm with you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Today, I want to pray for every person that goes, you know what? I know I'm not right with God. We know when we're not right with God. We can feel His presence that comes to us. But is He in you? That's a decision. That's an invitation. That's a moment where you say, God, I've, I've stuffed up. I'm not right with you, but I'm going to acknowledge my sin. I'm going to say, I'm sorry. I'm going to repent from that. I'm going to invite you to come inside and lead me forward. If I'm speaking to you today, you're online, you can push a, a button, you're here in the auditorium, you go, Paul, that's me. I want you to pray this prayer boldly. We're going to pray it as a church family. You're just going to say, God, come on, let's pray this prayer together. You say, I want to get right with God. I want to meet Him. I want to know Him. I want His presence in my life because I can't do that alone. Then pray it out loud. Say, God, today, thank You that You died on a cross for me. And I invite You into my life as my Lord and Saviour. I'm sorry for my sin. Today I hand that over to You and I commit to living for You and with You in Jesus' Name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.